nothing could be more tragic than to live separated from God and not to know it. Yet far too many people, even in the church today, are living this tragedy. Stay tuned and hear how God is responding to this sad situation. We invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. Welcome, friend, to another broadcast on Orthodox Christian Awakening. Nothing could be more exciting than to know God's plan for your life. Do you know that God loves you and cares for you? God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world to die on the cross to save you from the wages of sin, from hell, and to bring you into heaven for an eternity. It's a real joy to have this opportunity again to reach you for Christ and to share with you the Word of God, the Gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. I want to thank all of you who have been standing with me with your prayers and financial support. I need to hear from more of you if I am to continue this TV outreach. Help me pay the high cost of television time. I'd like to speak to you today on a subject that seems to be quite in vogue these days. That's the subject of being born again. It's, it is attracting considerable attention, more than ever before. It's a subject that is discussed widely, even in those churches that are not traditionally inclined toward emphasizing the idea of a second spiritual birth. Mention of it comes up even among unbelievers lately in the public media. Two books in particular that have been published recently have given impetus to examining the subject of the born-again experience. There is the book Born Again, written by Charles Colson, and the book entitled How to Be Born Again, written by Billy Graham. Now, in my youth and in the early years of my ministry, the very expression being born again was, for me, almost synonymous with Protestantism. I think it would be fair to say that most Orthodox today associate the very mention of these words, born again, with what is distinctively Protestant. Whenever in the past a Protestant would put the question to me, have you been born again? I remember how defensive I would get and uptight. As far as my memory serves me correctly, the matter of a second birth in the Holy Spirit was rarely, if ever, preached by Orthodox priests. And if it was, it was always in passing, never as a basic, fundamental, divinely revealed ordinance. I cannot remember as a young man ever being challenged 
by any priest with a question of whether or not I had been reborn and whether or not I have had an experience of spiritual regeneration. I learned from my teachers in seminary and from my spiritual elders that we are born again in the sacrament of baptism. That answered my question at that time. It was final for me. There was nothing further to ask or to discuss on the subject. A simple answer to a simple question. I thought that now I could respond to those annoying evangelical Protestants who would confront me even as a priest with a question, are you born again? The fact of the matter is that both the sacramental churches and the fundamentalist Protestant churches alike are in agreement that rebirth or spiritual regeneration, known in Greek as anagenesis, is a condition for salvation. There is absolute agreement on that point. Where the difference and the disagreement lies is as to the question of how that rebirth is effected, how the new birth comes about, how that basic condition for salvation set down by the Lord Jesus Christ is met. On the one hand, the Orthodox Church, like the Catholic Church, believes and teaches that it is the sacrament of baptism that primarily produces the born-again state in the person baptized. Baptism is regarded as being regenerative, in other words. That is, it produces the state of regeneration in the individual that is baptized, whether that individual is an infant or whether he is an adult. The Orthodox Church teaches that baptism has an inherent saving and regenerative or regenerating virtue apart from the disposition of the priest that administers the baptism and apart from the attitude of the individual being baptized. The validity of the baptism is definitive. In theological language, the sacrament is valid ex opera operato. That's a Latin expression that indicates the intrinsic validity of the sacrament. So once again, the idea of having to be born again in order to get into heaven is definitely a basic teaching of the Orthodox Church. It is unquestionably a doctrine of the Orthodox faith that no one has any access to the kingdom of God without first passing through the stage of inner spiritual regeneration. In other words, apart from such a rebirth, a person is destined for eternal perdition in the unquenchable fire of hell because he is born as a child of Adam, child of wrath. What is controversial is not whether rebirth is a condition every man and woman must meet in order to be saved from hell and in order to get into heaven. There is complete agreement on this point among Orthodox, Roman Catholics, and most Protestants. The disagreement is over the question, what is it that precisely and specifically produces the state of regeneration in the heart of the believer? and whether or not an instantaneous, instant experience that occurs 
at a given moment on a single day in one's lifetime where there is necessary evidence of the rebirth. Now, on one of the previous broadcasts, I discussed at length the reason why God demands of every man and woman to pass through a second birth. God did not originally create man with the purpose of requiring him to be born again. Only one birth was in the initial plan of God. Man was created to grow and to mature from the moment of his one and only birth. That one birth was to mark the beginning, the start of his growth into the image and likeness of God. Adam had full access in the beginning to all the resources of heaven for his development and for his increase in the Holy Spirit. He was in direct communion with the Holy Spirit that was infused into him at the moment of his creation. Now the creative spirit was also the perfecting spirit that dwelt in Adam. It was in this immediate direct relationship with the Holy Spirit that Adam was destined to attain the end for which he was created, namely to become in the image and likeness of God. Now if Adam had not sinned, you and I would not have had the need to pass through a second birth. But the sin of rebellion, the sin of disobedience, radically altered man's basic nature. His broken relationship with God separated him from direct communion with the Holy Spirit. His nature, in other words, became corrupted with evil. It became sick. He became a child of wrath, as the Bible puts it, rather than a child of God. As children of Adam, you and I are hell-bound until we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and until we pass through that second birth, that inner regeneration. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, as you remember, recorded in the Gospel of uh, John, except a man be born from above, anothen is the Greek word, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus couldn't put it more explicit. The Lord Jesus Christ became sin for you and me, and Jesus became curse for you and me that the believer might become the righteousness of God in him and that we might receive the blessings of Abraham as the Apostle Paul teaches in the Epistle to the Galatians. In a previous broadcast, I explained the meaning of water baptism and how it differs from the Holy Spirit baptism. I pointed out 
And I want to repeat it again, that there are two baptisms based on the words of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of John, in the dialogue with Nicodemus. Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So in the Orthodox Church, the two baptisms are administered in that one initiatory rite. We usually think of it as one baptismal rite, and we call it simply baptism in the singular. But in reality, there are two, two sacraments administered in that one unified rite of Christian initiation. First, there is the sacrament of water baptism. And then there's the sacrament of, of Holy Spirit baptism or of chrismation, as it is termed in the Orthodox Church, or confirmation, which is nothing else but the Holy Spirit baptism. As a matter of fact, in the historical Orthodox practice, the communion is also administered to the believer at the time of baptism. Immediately after the baptism, the believer receives the Holy Communion. Consequently, did you know that three sacraments are administered during the rite that is commonly and simply called baptism? Chrismation, unfortunately, or confirmation as it's known in other churches, it has become perfunctory in the church. Many of us priests administer the chrismation, that is the Holy Spirit baptism, in a very routine manner. manner. It becomes just a formality and it is done too often mechanically. Yet chrismation my beloved, is an awesome mystery because it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Few, however, in the church sense this reality. Chrismation is the Pentecostal mystery which the person just immersed in the baptismal waters passes through. That's why the priest administers this by saying the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit, amen. And he anoints the individual, the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. God fills you with the Holy Spirit according to the teachings of the church. To use the words of St. John the Baptist, Jesus baptizes the believer in the Holy Spirit and in fire. While the water baptism cleanses your body and soul in the second sacrament, you are filled with the Holy Spirit as a cleansed and sanctified vessel and temple. The Holy Spirit baptism is a second gift. It marks a second step in our spiritual restoration. And I want to quote to you from a fourth century church father, St. Gregory the Theologian. He talks about the this, this, this second uh, blessing, the second baptism. And he says in, uh, his, uh, in his work, Theological Orations, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is he that makes temples, that deifies 
that perfects so as even to anticipate baptism, yet after baptism to be sought as a separate gift. So the Holy Spirit baptism is a separate blessing and separate gift. I do not believe that going through the sacraments without faith and understanding does anyone any good. And I want to point this out. On the contrary, did you know that those sacraments can do you a lot of harm if you're not prepared for them adequately? They can be a damnation to your soul. The Apostle Paul warns us in this regard when he talks about receiving communion unworthily, for example. And the same applies to receiving baptism and chrismation unworthily. In other words, our very orthodoxy can prove to be damnation to our souls. And I am convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that what we need more than anything else in the church is a deeper awareness of the fact that there is no chance for anyone to escape God's wrath and hellfire unless he meets this basic condition about which I have been speaking on this broadcast. The second birth. Regeneration has to be taken much more seriously if we are to be in earnest about our eternal welfare. As a matter of fact, you need to have absolute certainty that you have met this condition for salvation. This means we need to go beyond just taking Christ's ordinance as a doctrine or article of faith. What you need, friend, is to have the unmistakable assurance that you have actually been born again, that it is a reality in your life, that you have had a personal experience of the second birth in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The best way you can ascertain whether or not you have been born again is to understand, first of all, the very nature of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. What is it like to be born again? What happens to you? What do you actually experience? How do you know for sure that the experience you have was a truly born-again experience and not a deceptive experience or just a passing euphoria? The distinguishing mark of rebirth is, first and foremost, the sense of newness. Newness. It is something totally new and different from what you have experienced in the past. The change it produces on your personality makes you new and different from what you were before. You are no longer the same person after the regeneration in the Holy Spirit. To be born again does not involve simply changing your attitude or your frame of mind about God and your fellow man and entertaining new thoughts. Oh no, it is not an intellectual process nor is it merely making new decisions or expressing new values and ideals for everyday living. It is not a matter of simply altering your lifestyle or pattern of living. It is more than that. It is a transformation of the heart. To be born again is as if you were created by God for the first time. To be born again is to be a brand new person, a new creature, God's word states in unmistakably clear terms, and I quote from the Apostle Paul, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, you can't improve on St. Paul's orthodoxy, can you? If our Protestant brothers also believe in this teaching, that does not make it any less orthodox. St. Paul calls the new life 
of regeneration, the newness of life, the Greek, kenotita zois, kenotita. And you cannot hide that newness of life, even if you tried, my friend. It bursts forth in the way we talk, in what we say, and how we behave in our relationships with other people. Is it any wonder that people comment about some persons in the church who have had a born-again experience? You can hear such comments as these. What's happened to him or to her all of a sudden? He's not the same man. He can't be the same person. I can hardly recognize her anymore. She's not the woman I knew before. Some people in the church are blessed and really helped by the witness of these spiritually changed individuals. But then there are the others who are turned off. Just being in their presence brings out their spiritual inadequacy probably. It unsettles them because all this time they thought they were pretty good Christians. As much as I hate to admit it, the idea of being born again is so strange to most Orthodox, we are not accustomed to people changing in the church. Religious stability is usually the norm, and when a person reveals any perceptible change in his or her religious life, that man or woman becomes an object of curiosity or even scorn. But out of love for you, friend, I want to warn you not to content yourself with going through the religious motions. You might be baptized and you might even go to church on Sundays. But I want to warn you, friend, that eternal hell is real and you will not escape the wrath of God unless you know Jesus in a personal relationship. The Bible says, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And I'm asking you today, if your heart were to stop beating this very moment, would you be ready to face your judge? Would you have that blessed assurance that you would be received in glory at the right hand of the exalted Christ? Friend, don't gamble away your eternity. Invite Jesus Christ right now to come into your heart to rekindle the gift of baptism you perhaps received in infancy. Accept his finished work on Calvary. Tell Jesus, yes, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from hell and to make me a child of God. Come on in, Jesus. Take over my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let Jesus touch your life and change you. You will see how it will help you enjoy attending the divine liturgy and receiving the communion. It will make a better Orthodox Christian out of you. Rebirth is a gift that God will give you freely. Ask the Lord for an experience of the Holy Spirit baptism. You needed to be saved. I quoted previously from St. Gregory the theologian, but now I want to quote from St. Simeon the new theologian, a later church father. See what he says about getting the Holy Spirit baptism. He says, He that lacks the awareness of his baptism and was baptized in infancy, and he that accepted his baptism only on faith, but he faced it because of his sins, if he refuses the second baptism, I mean the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is given by God in his love to those who seek it in repentance, how can he ever be saved? Not in the least. So I'm challenging you, friend, with the same question. How can you be saved unless you accept the second baptism? The baptism of the Holy Spirit by repenting of your sins and coming to Jesus in humility and submission. Now, we're running out of time, and I'd like to close today offering up a prayer. I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to ask you to bow your head and to close your eyes.
to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, we thank you that in these last days you are pouring out your Holy Spirit upon all flesh according to your unfailing promise. And I come in the name of Jesus to ask you to rekindle the gift which is in that man and that woman out there. Jesus, release those rivers of living water in their hearts. Fill them with that heavenly provision. Ignite the fire of your spirit on the inside of them. Change their lives with that endowment of power from on high. We ask this in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I pray and I trust that you have received a blessing. I want you to write me this week and share that blessing with me. I need to hear from you. I want you to share in this outreach, in this labor of faith. And if you write me, I'll send you a copy of my magazine, The Logos Magazine. I'll send you a copy of it as soon as I hear from you. And send me your prayer requests. Until next time, God's richest blessings be with you. We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.